Listeners, I highly recommend you check out the new podcast book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. It's available now at podcast.com slash cults and features shocking details never covered on our cults podcast before. To commemorate this launch, we've been highlighting the 10 cults and cult leaders featured in the book, continuing today with the topic of Chapter 9, Credonia Marinde. She convinced followers that Armageddon was approaching and killed them when they doubted her. Enjoy this clip and be sure to order your copy of Cults Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them at parcast.com cults. As we mentioned in the preceding episode, Uganda was under the rule of a brutal dictatorship from 1971 to 1979. That dictator's name was Idi Amin Dada, a former military leader who seized control for himself. During his reign, opposition groups were swept off the streets and executed. While many of the names have been lost to time, these killings left a sizable mark on Uganda's culture and future. A whole generation of young, bright people who would have made Uganda as great as it deserves to be either had to run away or were killed and tortured. As the 70s wore on, the cost of his rule was clear to almost every citizen. The economy was in shambles, and the number of Idi Amin's allies shrank. Many active mutineers fled across the border to Tanzania. Enraged, Idi Amin sent a strike force into Tanzania and declared the annexation of an entire region of that country in Uganda's name. Tanzania launched a counterattack, and by the middle of 1979, the Ugandan capital of Kampala was seized by opposition forces. Idi Amin fled the country. The capture of Kampala by Tanzanians and exiles set off an uncontrollable wave of looting and jubilation throughout the capital. Tanzanians admitted by evening the looting was out of control as joyous crowds emptied out stores and government houses. The population may have been overjoyed at Idi Amin's departure, but the government remained unstable. The power vacuum attracted more trouble. Elections were held, but future president Yoweri Museveni lost and declared the process a sham. He formed the National Resistant Army and took up arms against the former Uganda National Army and a division of the army known as the Uganda National Rescue Front. The result was the Ugandan Civil War, also known as the Ugandan Bush War a guerrilla conflict that raged across the country from 1981 to 1986. Even when Yoweri Museveni assumed the presidency in 1986, the country remained divided. Both sides in the civil war had committed atrocities, some even rivaling Idi Amin's brutality. Uganda hadn't found stable footing in its newfound democracy. They were citizens in search of meaning, any kind of meaning in the face of huge uncertainty. It was the perfect place to foster apocalyptic belief and paranoia. As the Ugandan writer and professor Bernard Atuher describes in his work, The Uganda Cult Tragedy, this time period was ripe for the creation of something like the movement. It was a climax of colonialism, not only on the political front, but on the spiritual one as well. On the ground, in local communities, status was key. People were desperate for any who held the answers to living a successful life in Uganda. Such status was controlled by education. And in the region where the movement was born, education was controlled by the church. As Atuher writes, quote, This monopoly of knowledge was not fought against in any way worthy of praise. There was only lip service paid to the rejection of ignorance. For a genuine struggle against ignorance could undermine the privileged position of the elite. End quote. 
What he means by this is that although ignorance was looked down upon by the emerging high society of Uganda, the wealthy also didn't want the poor to usurp them. So they cut off all access to real knowledge and upward mobility. As Credonia Marinde and Joseph Kibbutteri learned, the only way into the ranks of power was to join them. And the only way to join them was to become religiously influential. So they told the people the apocalypse was coming, that that knowledge came straight from the mouth of the Blessed Virgin herself. They told the people that only the movement could provide shelter from devastation. They played the game of status and ignorance perfectly. And by the end of 1989, the momentum of the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God could not be stopped. It would absorb everything in its way, from innocent citizens to corrupt government and religious officials. It would become a monstrous overlord to its followers and a suffocating trap for its creators. And it all began with a simple process of indoctrination. Exciting news. You can order your copy of Cults Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them at parcast.com cults. It's now available in hardcover and as an audiobook. Just visit parcast.com slash cults.